Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! As we are brought in by the fire tones of the Tongans, with whom we give all deference to, welcome back, Jay White. Uh, we'd like to welcome you to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. Uh, yes, it's your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. And um, I'm with my brother, Kyle, today. Carl is out, not feeling well. Uh, Carl. Hey, oh, you know, it's school times, it's pandemic times, it's crazy times in the wrestles. Oh boy, it's a crazy time in the wrestles. But this is the best time for it to be crazy. We are on the um every time someone says that you should drink, right? The road to WrestleMania. Whoop, whoop. Um, interesting because we got a lot of David Abisha to talk about, but I want to start the show a little differently. We start we start every show with the Tongan, so it's only fitting that we start with this topic. Well, and it's and it's the hottest thing going on right now in the business. Um, so apparently Tony Khan has finally got the black lion for Vol- for Voltron. 
And apparently New Japan is working with AEW in some capacity. And the Vulture and the, the rest of the wrestling world is, is coming together to be Voltron against the evil empire that is WWE. And I'm only halfway joking. Um, on Dynamite this week, Kenta made a run-in. Yeah, he did. As, as he attacked John Moxley, who then proceeded to give the worst and most horrible sell of a move in the history of a move. And after the show, mind you, Moxley was fighting or wrestling Omega. After the show, Omega ran to go give uh, too sweet to his brother, Kenta, because, you know, they're still living off the Bullet Club fame. And, and Kenta... uh, Kenta's credit, and here's how you knew they were fucking working together, other than Kenta showing up, period. Kenta just slaps Mox or slaps Omega's hand down and says, I'm not here to you. I'm not here for you. I'm not your friend. I'm just here to beat up John Moxley. Well, Fuck that and, beat up John Cena became beat up John Moxley. Right. And then, you know, uh, you, I was going to say when, when he came up to him after the show, Kenta looked at him and said, I don't give a fuck about you. Which then was led to a match scheduled for next week between Moxley, who is still your current IWGP US Heavyweight Champion, who will be defending against Kenta later on. Moxley Lynch Archer will be facing Omega and Kenta. So, a lot of crazy shit going on in that realm. Um, also, New Japan announced that they, for U- for United States, for Canada, and I think for the UK, they'll be having uh, a television deal on Roku. Good for them, them. and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way at all, because I do like New Japan. They get my $9 a month for New Japan World, but, like, I didn't even fucking know Roku was an actual television channel. I literally thought it was just like a Chromecast, like that shit you just plug right into the goddamn box. Well, yeah, and, I mean, look, anything that they can be shown on is good, but that's not a, that's, they gotta do better than that eventually. But it's something. Um, and it's, you know, they have some semblance of control over it. Uh, but yeah, so New Japan's been in the news a lot recently, and of course, um, I alluded to at the beginning of the show, Jay White returned from uh, his, let's call it, hiatus. Um, so, a lot going on. Um, but I, I, I want to kind of pick your brain about this joining together of of wrestling companies because on last night's dynamite you had a semblance of of course it's an aw show impact wrestlers were on the show nwa contracted wrestlers were on the show um uh, no japan contracted wrestlers on the show and and um kenny omega still the triple a mega champion Mm-hmm. So there are remnants of AAA on the NWA, show. NWA, AAA, TNA, um, New Japan. Every major, every major company, basically, except for Ring of Honor, because everybody hates them. But nonetheless, what do you think about that? And I know a lot of fans are really excited about it because they feel like all their wrestling, fantasy booking dreams are coming true. Um, but before we go deeper into that, just off the top of off the top of your head, what's, what's your reaction to all of that? Well, so, you know, in so many ways, wrestling was due for 
another period where major companies work together. There is so much precedent within the history of wrestling for major companies working together. Whether we go back to the territory days or we talk about, you know, WWE had working relationships with All Japan, then they had a deal with ECW for a little while, TNT and New... Um, TNT, WCW and NJPW had a long-standing working relationship to the point where there were new or there were Japanese members of the NWO and shit. Like Muda and Chono were both NWO members. Well, Muda wasn't. Yes, Muda was. Uh, but yeah, they had made major New Japan wrestlers were major parts of the show in America. Yeah. Yeah. So like companies working together has a lot of precedent. It's something that a lot of younger fans have not really seen because all they've ever known is the monopoly. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, for or them, the war, or, the, or war. the war, they only know the monopoly or the war, they know nothing in between. Um, and so, for them, this is like a very new, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm getting this um, situation. And it's also something that, like, it's so easy for people to jump to so many conclusions and all of them are wrong. On, on all different sides of the fandom, it's so easy to jump to so many conclusions and all of them are wrong. Because it is an equally bad take to say that, you know, the, all of the other companies are, asse are assembling like Voltron to take down the evil empire WWE. That is an equally bad take as the take that um, you have to unite all of these companies just to be relevant in the same way as WWE. Both of those are equally bad takes. Yeah. Like, they're both wrong, and they're both bad takes. We need to call it what it is. This is a huge development for mm -hmm. modern wrestling. This is a big fucking deal. Big fucking deal. This is a huge win for AEW. Because it allows them access to more people that work that can work the style that they want. This is a big win for New Japan because it gives them access to bodies, several of which are bodies the Japanese audience already knows and likes. Yeah. So yeah. it solves a lot of depth issues that they are dealing with. Um, this is the most relevant that Impact has been since they were on fucking Spike TV. So, That's like, true. oh, and it's the only time the NWA has been relevant outside of a cup of coffee for, like, I don't know how long. So, like, in a lot of ways, this is a super fucking huge deal. But at the same time, like, cool your jets with the war talk, because, like, Last I checked, I haven't seen multiple billion-dollar deals yet. So, like, let's cool our jets on the war talk. But it's a major fucking deal, and I will give everybody credit in that regard. Yeah, you put it pretty well. Um, I, I, I grow tired of every non-WWE wrestling talk beginning and or ending with WWE. I, like, I don't see the need for it. Like, for example, every every time Meltzer talks about breaks down AEW Dynamite, all he talks about is WWE, about how they're not WWE, how WWE sucks, or they would have done this or this or that. Like, can we have rhetoric about non WWE wrestling that does not involve or revolve around WWE? You put it perfectly. This is a major 
happening in the history of professional wrestling, especially in the modern history of professional wrestling. Because while this while this is similar to the territory days, it's drastically different in my opinion because companies of this size didn't work together. You know, normally it was a big That's company working with a small company. There's that. There's also the aspect of how wrestling partnerships typically end. Well, we're going to get to that. Is... We're going to get to that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Then... I'm, I'm glad you brought that because that's, that's, yeah. I want to get there. So, so hold on to that nugget real yeah. quick because that, that's good. That's where we're moving to next. Because um, I wanted to ask you your pros and cons, but I just, I really wanted to kind of touch on real quick before we get there. Um, because the way, is, the way that these things, this will possibly and could be a major con, but uh, I don't, I, I grow weary of it's it's I, I know there's a huge group of the fan base that is anti-WWE for whatever reason. You don't like Vince, you don't like the the people behind the 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 how they act in real life, you don't like the booking style, you wish that your favorite wrestlers were treated differently, they're not doing what you want. There's a myriad of reasons. And you know what? Good on you. Whatever you feel is you feel. That's cool. I got no qualms with that. Right, wrong, or indifferent, you got a right to your opinion. But those people are the ones who can't keep WWE out of their mouth. So in this conversation, mind you, we're known that oftentimes we're looked at as WWE shields. I know I am often. We're starting the show with New Japan and with AEW, but we can't even talk about New Japan and AEW because the rhetoric about New Japan and AEW is always revolved around WWE, and it is tiring. And quite frankly, it is it is not fair to those talents, to those companies, and to Tony Khan, who gets a lot of shit on this show, but is working his ass off in trying to make these deals. I give Tony a lot of credit. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for Tony. Like, we give him a lot of shit because nobody fucking else is. But, Facts. like, I have a lot of respect for he's willing to take risks. He is willing to absolutely change it up when the signs are saying this is not working or like, oh, this was a bad look. Um, I give him a lot of credit for that. I give him a lot of credit for the way that the company is taking care of Brody's family, um, yeah. looking yeah. out for them. I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but like, and you're right, like getting this deal done, in, it took a lot. He had to like rebuild a lot of goodwill with New Japan good because good his point. EVPs that he got into business with, the way that they walked out the door was not exactly the nicest way. Um, so he had to like make a lot of effort to rebuild a lot of goodwill between those companies. It took Harold Mai being let go and like them having to go in a whole new direction to even entertain this and the pandemic. I think the pandemic plays a big part in it as well. Cause oh, yeah. who knows if new Japan is in the position that they're in yeah. without the pandemic to be in need of this yep. shot. In the arm. Yep. Because, you know, we're talking about pros and cons. The biggest pro for both companies is both companies need a shot in the arm right now. They do. I don't care if you're the biggest AEW mark out there. The last couple episodes of Dynamite have been spotty. 
not necessarily all out trash, but mm-hmm. just spotty. They have really good high moments, and then there's a whole lot of filler or a whole lot of angles that aren't going anywhere. Or, you know, Sting is on AEW television like every fucking week, but in the last month, they have barely furthered this storyline with Team Taz at all outside of now finally confirming that they're going to have a match. You, man, you know what's funny to me? The, the, and the Sting situation is a major annoyance of mine. Um, people, people swear to God Sting was misused in WWE, but he's on TV every fucking week, but he's a legend. Legends should be on TV every week, but that's another conversation. But what's, what's funny to me is AEW Dynamite, the show, is a good show. It is. It has a lot of good moments, but it is a cohesive nightmare. So the people who hate Raw, eight of all of the major wrestling shows, Dynamite is closest to Raw because it's a whole bunch of variety thrown at the wall, and they say, "Here now, the moments may be more enjoyable for the fan base, but it's it's the same thought process." SmackDown is a cohesive show from the from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. NXT. It's a cohesive show from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. Even Impact is a cohesive and show. And I maintain long term that's gonna bite them. Because the reason the moments hit better now is the novelty is still there. And goodwill. These are but still, yes. But both of those things go hand in hand. Yes, These are still yes. new moments with our new company and our new stars that we're really into right now. And so there's so much newness and novelty to it still that the moments are hitting in the right way. But if you continue to build a show that is so incoherent and jumps from place to place and point to point, you're very quickly going to run into some of those same criticisms that Raw gets, especially when you're a company with a roster the size that you have and only one TV show. That's the other pro of all of this for AEW. Part of the reason AEW needs to go out and form these working relationships with these other companies is they've amassed a pretty large fucking roster and they have two hours of television in a week. Mm -hmm. I need Mm -hmm. a partnership with Impact and with New Japan's American arm and with um, the Japanese arm and with NWA and with all of these different places because I got to be able to send these motherfuckers somewhere. I can't have Flying Brian on every week, but I got to get him some dates so that he can lose some of the green. So, um, so we, we start talking about some pros. You've mentioned three pros. You've mentioned the simple fact that, and specifically for the good of this conversation, we're gonna we're gonna specifically talk about the New Japan and AEW partnership. No disrespect to AAA, no disrespect to NWA, all disrespect to Impact, but nonetheless, um, but. Um, so bodies is a major pro because both of them could use the bodies, even if it's newer bodies, even if it's old bodies, they just need bodies. That's important. Number Absolutely. two is a shot. Number two Especially is a shot. Especially in, in AE or not AEW, New Japan's tag division. Yes, yes. Especially the heavy tag, both of them, but the heavy tag for sure. So they need um bodies, and they now we got a shot in the arm in terms of interest and storylines or whatever it is. Absolutely. And the third one that you just said was what? Did, what was the third one you just said? Um, 
bodies. Oh, two thirty and two thirty O's minds at work yet, ladies AEW's and gentlemen. AEW's roster is so large; they need these partnerships because yes. they've got to be able to send these talents places. So let's try to let's. Are there any other pros? Because I, I want to get on the pros before we get on the cons. I a lot of people seem to th- real quick. A lot of people seem to think the list of pros is infinite. Well, so the other pros are mostly for the other companies. You know, the other companies are benefiting from the increased revenue and attention in the American market that this instantly brings them because AEW is the number two ticket in town in the United States. Um, So that helps them from a logistical standpoint. It gives New Japan some leverage if they ever want to dump Ring of Honor. Um, Because if you can form a viable partnership with... AEW, why the fuck would you keep Ring of Honor? Um, like, you Word know, that. yes, Lord. Only some disrespect on that. Like, uh, not full disrespect. And all of it, all of the disrespect in there is for Sinclair. None of it's for the wrestlers, other than those two guys. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, no, yeah. no like the other. Long time listeners know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, but the other benefits are really mostly with those other companies. You know, they're going to get that rub, they're going to get that shine, and that's really great for, you know, wrestling in general. Um, And uh, New Japan's tag division just needs it. Now, as far as cons go, like, the biggest con and the elephant in the room is, like, partnerships form in wrestling under the best of intentions and the greatest of circumstances, but much like the stables in real life wrestling, these partnerships tend to end on an ugly note. While you're t- while you're talking about that, I just want to I just want to mention I looked up um, a list of AEW's roster, and these are people just people that are contracted. And if you include all the men and all the women, they have ninety two people contracted. On their company right now. This is just in-ring performers, so I'm not counting ninety-two um, in-ring performers on a company that like only has one televised program. And I'm not counting like the people, like the uh, managers and stuff, like Arn or Jake or Taz. Even Hook isn't counted in this because he's. They're, I'm just talking in-ring wrestling personnel, men and women. It is ninety-two people. Um, Later on in the show, I'm going to get the numbers of WWE's roster to, to give you an idea of the number of that. But yes, so you, you, you've, you've alluded to it a couple times in the show, and I, I want to touch on it real quick because most every partnership has to end at some point. Even if it's not a, uh, even if it's not a major end, it can be amicable, but it has to end at some point. But wrestling partnerships normally don't end. Very well. And the reason, which is my number one con, which is what I want to kind of mention to the crowd and kind of not warn them, but prepare them for the possibility of is the reason why I personally, nobody else, why me, Rance, Ray, hates wrestling partnerships with other companies is because every time there's a partnership, one company gets the benefit. And the other company gets the scraps, and so and it's always going to be a problem. Pointing, pointing, give to give you the point. AEW and Impact, right? They had one night. Again, Kenny showed up a couple of nights, 
mm-hmm. by and large, who's over there? Matt Hardy and Private Party. But yep. their biggest draw, the Good Brothers, are on AEW Dynamite every week. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? Yep. So and and they give them they give impact a commercial with Tony and with with Tony, with Shivani and Tony Khan, but by and large, as time goes on, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's wrong to make the assumption that you're gonna see less of AEW's world champion and major draws, and you're gonna see the mid to lower tier guys get over there and have stories. Now, a now Impact's the perfect place for Private Party. Because they're not being used. Speaking of not being used, we we talk all the time about Santana and Ortiz, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. How pissed? It, how pissed are Santana and Ortiz gonna be if you send them back to Impact? How fucking pissed! Oh my god! You could have cashed them Vince McMahon NXT checks and worked like a sweet ass gig, and you got to get set back to Impact. Oh you, Lord! Hey, if they would have signed them, 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 them uh, WWE checks, they'd be they'd be called up to the main roster right now. At this oh, point, oh yeah, think, main roster needs tag teams, and they're amazing. I think so at this point. Um, but so yeah, I definitely think that the because when you first and foremost, we we talk about all the time about how wrestlers shouldn't have the book because ultimately a wrestler is always going to look out for a wrestler, which is well, it is. It's fine. But also, you have to think about the fact that um, somebody got to lose. Somebody, and there's a wrestling match. Somebody has to lose. So, for example, I found it interesting that for the first time in the history of AEW, they showed John Moxley with the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. The reason Moxley would, would, couldn't go over and do stuff was because they wanted their champion to look good. He ain't champion no more. Now we can lose to Kenta so the bill can go back to Kenta. Somebody got to lose. So in these partnerships, this is always going to be a problem because how do you decide who wins and who loses? And what if it's too many of my guys losing all the time, too many of your guys winning all the time? Who has the power in the partnership? Am I okay with the power in the partnership? AEW should have the power in every partnership because they're the biggest company in it. But these things can be a problem. So that's another, that's one issue I have. So, well, so here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. AEW is the bigger company here. So they have leverage here. New Japan is an interesting partner for that because New Japan don't give a fuck about how big you are here. They're trying to get in here. They want to get some of that market here. But New Japan is worried about New Japan. Bushi Road is worried about what's popping in Japan. Can you sell the Tokyo Dome? No, you're dead as right. That's 100% facts. And and so AEW and New Japan is an interesting partnership for this exact reason. Who determines who's stuck holding the bag? And that's exactly my point. And that's going to be an interesting butting of the heads. And that is almost always what inevitably ends a wrestling partnership is somebody did not want their person to get stuck holding the bag. See, when, when in the days of the territories, it was easy because all the territories were booked as their own company. 
But ultimately, they worked under the guise or under the purview of a of a of a grouping of the NWA, company, of okay. the NWA right? So if the, if 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 uh, if Bill Watts is booking Mid South and he sends Flair to work in Mid South for three months, if he say Flair don't lose, Bill Watts can't say no, right? Because not if he wants them belts. Because it's the the NWA. So the NWA is in control right now. You have five major entities owned by five billion dollar companies. Bushy yeah, Road. Anthem has lots of money, y'all. Yes, Bushy Road, Anthem, whoever owns AAA, but I know they're a major company. I can't remember the name of them right now. I can't either, but they are um, huge. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. Well, NWA NWA is known by a billion dollar company, but. They got money because you know Smash well, and Pumpkins records still sell. Well, and they've got that brand recognition still. Sure. And then the con money run long. We know that. So it's interesting to see who's gonna basically in the Dick Swinkin contest, whose dick is gonna be the biggest. Um mm-hmm. I also want to talk back about bodies because this is one of those pros and cons, because there are a whole lot of fucking bodies in AEW, as I just mentioned, 92, right? So, what if I'm, you mentioned flying Brian Pillman. What if I don't want to go work in Japan? What if I signed to, to AEW with the purpose? A, a lot of goodwill can be fixed. A lot of this can be fixed if and when AEW gets their second television show. Because they need places for these people to go. You keep bringing yeah. in fantastic talent. You keep bringing, they have a new tournament for the women. The, the the America versus Japan and the entire Japanese half is going to be held on Japanese soil. That is a fantastic idea to I give have, love to the Josie culture, but will it be on TV? The I, last well, tournament I, was I, I have, dark. Well, and I have a small gripe. It's a small gripe, but it is a gripe with the announced brackets. You mean to tell me there wasn't room for my girl Big Swole in that bracket? That is interesting. That is very interesting. Tell me there wasn't room for my girl Big Swole anywhere in that bracket. Ain't that about a bitch? So I'm going to look up the bracket because I don't know who's in the the, the American side, but I do know that it's been, average, Baker, it's been a big deal. Britt Baker, Tay Conti, Anna Jay, um, I think are all definites that I remember. It's 16, right? Yes, it is 16. I'm pulling up now. Kyle, so hold on one sec. Yeah, no. But yeah, that was my only like admitted gripe. And like you said, will it be on TV? Because you did that whole Aces Wild tag team tournament, made a huge deal about it, coincided it with launching your heels thing, which has admittedly been successful according to the numbers that they put out. Um, like you did all of that, and then you put all of the matches on YouTube. Oh, I don't want to watch a video. Just show me the damn bracket. Oh, my God. Can't never get shit the way you want it. I'm sorry. Live, live This is live recording, y'all. No, y'all. Like, so, I agree, though. And, you know. I, I'm ready, by the way. Go ahead. Um, interesting that Riho's on the United States side of the tournament. Interesting. Um, so, you have. Well, yeah, because she's, she's. I don't know if she lives here yet, but she, she's. She was an original signing, so that's got to be what it is. Over here, yeah. Um, but Rio, as I mentioned, 
Serena Deeb, who is the NWA Women's Champion. Um, of course, Britt Baker, who's the ace of the division, basically. Ty, Ty Conti. Thunder Rosa. Nyla Rose, who should honestly win this thing. Nyla versus Asia Khan should be fucking fun. Um, Anna J and Layla Hirsch. They put Layla in over Swole. Huh. It just really upset me that Swole was not in it. Like, it just, it really did. Like, she's worked so hard. I don't like that. Now, the women's, the, the women's side, the Japanese side, got some people that, that, been, that have been there to be on TV, like Yuka Sakazaki, Ma- Maki Ito. Like, that's dope. Yo, shout out, like, that's Ito. Dope. shout out to Maki Ito. Shout out to Maki Hello, motherfuckers. Way to instantly yeah. make everybody here at the Outsider's Edge a big fan. Oh, yeah. We're, we're Team Maki. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really interested in that. I want to see how that goes, but the non-swole bothers me. But we, we, we know, w, I mean, AEW isn't strong in their booking of women to begin with, so I can't be disappointed when my, uh, when I already, my expectations were already on the ground. Um, but look, a fantastic um, time for professional wrestling, a fantastic time for non-WWE professional wrestling, and AEW right now got the fucking ball. Run with it. Let's see how far you take it. Um, Now, again, and I'm doing the same thing I'm complaining about people doing, but we're not talking of of AEW in in comparison against WWE because they're still barely beating NXT. But nonetheless, outside of the scope of WWE, AEW got the ball because right now they have interest from the majority of mainstream diehard fans. Maybe every one of them ain't watching, but as Nick Khan, no relation to Tony, said um, of the WWE, um, uh, actually he's co-president now. Um, but you know Damn. the the numbers the numbers guy over there, um, as he said today in their subscriber call, just. Just because there's not eyeballs on the product in terms of television ratings, they're linear. We see them in every other place. So, like, y'all looking at stuff that's antiquated, we see that the exposure of our product is huge. So the wrestling world in large is huge right now. I haven't watched a full episode of Dynamite in months, but my DVR catches it every week. But I, I watch everything that happens on YouTube and Twitter. I'm paying attention to every single storyline. If there's a major sh- major match, I go back and watch it. Major happening, I go back and watch it. There's a whole bunch of people like that. Um, so final thoughts on that before we kind of move on. What do you think? I think it's a huge opportunity. I hope that it goes well for them and that it doesn't, you know, end in gross and messy fashion. Because when wrestling is healthy and when there are more companies that are producing shows, the fans win. Do you? I, I'm so glad you said that. I, I did say we're moving on, but I, you made me. You made me ask one question. Okay. Um. A lot of fans. That's a lot of fans. Damn near all fans right now fit, seem to think that this these partnerships are being done specifically. And particularly for the fans. Do they have a point? Shit. Partnerships are being done specifically and exclusively 
for them dollar dollar bills, y'all. And, and I, listen, that doesn't mean that I think they're being fully disingenuous when they say they care about the fans or that they pay attention to the fans or any of that. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they're telling you what you want to hear because they know you hate the WWE so much that the more they bang this drum, the more they can suck from the teat of your dollar. Teat is such a fun word. Like, they are nursing from your wallets, children. And good on them. Good on them. Get your paper while you can. But, like, y'all, we live in a capitalist country. There ain't no such thing as ethical money. Yeah, man, I'm, like I, I, I made the joke all the time. I'm trying to get some of that McMahon blood money, baby. For show, for show. We here at the Outsider's Edge are for sale if you want to pay us to shill. I, we do, apparently to the fans, we do it all, all, already for free. Can, can, I, can I give you some numbers? This shit just blew my fucking mind right can. now. Um, let me make sure I, I'm saying this shit right, sir. Hold on. Yep. Uh, do, do, do. How many people did I say AW had contracted right now? 92. Okay. AW has 92 people contracted in their company, right? Yep. Raw and SmackDown total. Mm -hmm. Together, men and women on both shows, Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. 60 maybe? 97. 97. Across both shows, five hours of television. Perspective. And, um, and we're not mad at AEW for having a big roster, y'all. We're no, not. Just they need to. They're out. a big company. Well, we're and we're just pointing out that like this is part of why they need partnerships. Yeah, they're gonna tell you that it's for you because like again, that's how they get your money. But like this is for them. They need to send their people somewhere. The, they these people aren't gonna stay on these contracts if they're not being used. A lot of them are being paid per date. And. You're, you're speaking very nice and very respectful. I'm going to hit that fuck shit. What pisses me off and the reason I brought this up to dabble on what Kyle just said is I'm really fucking sick and tired of hearing you people say, and yes, I said you people because you know the fuck I'm talking about, all of y'all, who are saying that, oh my God, AEW treats their wrestlers so much better than WWE. I want all guys to go to WWE because they can be who they want and do what they want. They're not even fucking wrestling. They're not on, they're on camera. They're not on the show. So you're telling me Ricochet was better off? When's the last time you saw Scorpio Sky? We just mentioned the acclaimed, right? Top Flight now is on there, right? So many people are signed. It's just it's like, but you want to shit on Ricochet because Ricochet is on TV every week, but he's losing. He's on TV every week. Cesaro's on TV every week, but he ain't been world champion yet. He's on TV every week. He's won every championship and a million Cesaro times. Gets, and Cesaro gets mad appearance money because he speaks so many languages. He's the face of WWE Europe, and he's got like seventy-five different fucking championships, give or take. Maybe ten. I'm I'm exaggerating, but you get the point. So so yeah, that 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 really annoys the hell out of me. Like I I, I heard a, a friend of ours. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to be contentious. But a friend of ours last night on Twitter talking about Jungle Boy is a star. Jungle Boy. But we're having a conversation. 
in fact, screw that. Let's go on and move on because we're going to speak about that specifically. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting we started off with New Japan and AEW's partnership because I said that's the biggest thing that's happened so far, most relevant thing right now. But we are on the heels of the Royal Rumble. So uh, what do you think of the Royal Rumble? You know, uh, Bianca Belair won the Women's Rumble. Edge miraculously came back, started at number one and won the, for the entire Rumble, won the Men's Rumble. Tribal Chief created, uh, he, uh, he ha- did vehicular homicide on, uh, a, Can- on a French-Canadian guy. Um, big show. Uh, what do you think uh, of, the, of the Royal Rumble? What's your thoughts on the whole show? So I really, I enjoyed the show from start to finish. I really did. I thoroughly had a good time. Um, I thought the women's rumble was better than the men's rumble. Um, uh, my two feel good moments of the night were seeing Victoria and seeing Christian. Those were my two, like, uh, this just, this hits me good in my, like, knowing what they went through and why they were both gone and how much Victoria deserves it as a legend and how much Christian deserves it as someone who like was forced into retirement because of shitty injuries that he mostly incurred because he was forced into continuous, incredibly dangerous match types because the fans are evil. Yeah. Um, like, y'all, I don't know, you know, if you have managed to find a way to make yourself okay with it, I think that's great. But, like, I feel bad when I see some of these people like Edge and Christian and the Hardys because I think to myself, our bloodlust did that. I feel less bad for guys like Edge and Christian because they were able to walk away happily. Matt and Jeff can't walk away, and I feel bad for them. But, yes, yeah. I, I, your, your point is not lost on me. Yes, they're... We are the catalyst for the reason why those men can barely walk. Mick Foley comes to mind in the same same regard. Yes, and every time you see him, it's so sad. And he has worse every time. Um, Yes, I'm with you. Um, I think the show was fantastic from top to bottom. Um, You know, even the annoying Lacey Evans, Charlotte shit makes me laugh. (laughs) So, like, everything on the show, I think, was an enjoyment for me. Uh, the Women's Rumble was better, absolutely. The Men's Rumble had some great moments. Uh, it was cool to mm-hmm. see Carlito back. Um, yes, I absolutely love Christian coming back because there's not often you shock us. That was legit shock, um, and I love that. Um, the Women's Rumble had amazing moments, the, uh, some of the false finishes with uh, or the false emulations with... Um, Rhea and Bianca, or the Bianca and Naomi, when they kind of use the other hair to get back in the in the match, stuff like that. Billy Kay, and somebody just be her friend. <laughs> She's so sweet. Like, look at that headshot and resume. And dog, uh, the part in the match where they, where her and Peyton both did the iconic move, whoever that was, and they were gonna do the little iconics thing, and Ruby they walked up did, to her. Uh, yeah, they did the double team to, oh, God, I can't even, Tony Storm, maybe? Yeah, it's, I don't think who it is is important, but it's probably, it might have been Tony. But like, just yeah. to see her face when she saw Ruby, like, ooh. Only for then yeah. Ruby and Liv to eliminate her anyway, and I'm just like, oh, gosh, you know, I know, like, the story is supposed to be that she's trying so hard, and it's annoying, and blah, 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 but, like, 
nah, Ruby and Liv are totally being the heels here. Billy's adorable. She just They're wants being a friend. Just somebody be her friend. Um, what were your thoughts on the uh, championship match? Uh, championship matches. I know both of us and a lot of the fan base was very anti Goldberg, but I, Goldberg. Match, but I thought the match was everything it needed to be. Five minutes. Goldberg comes in they and out, and they, they did what they were supposed to do. They yeah. put him on first. They kept it short. Well, and I think. That match had one of the greatest false finishes I've seen in a long time. When Goldberg hit that jackhammer, the entire collective wrestling fan base, like our hearts were in our stomachs, and then he kicked out. That is a fantastic false finish. But it was everything it needed to be. Um, and as I said before, the only reason I was against the match was because of the fear of Goldberg ruining another road to WrestleMania. But this is a... This is a an amazing notch on Drew's belt. But Roman and Kevin, I know you said you weren't the biggest fan of it. Uh, do you mind telling the people why? I don't like last man standing matches, as it is. Like, I don't. They're, the concept of the gimmick kills my suspension of disbelief because the lengths that they have to go to to get the, like, ten fall are always so fucking over the top. And so, like insane and then just growing up during the attitude era you know i i've seen some crazy last man standing matches so seeing any kind of pg rendition of it i'm always just kind of like oh okay so like this what we doing i um and like the false finish with the running him over like it's cool that they did it but at the same time i'm just like how the fuck this not to finish? Stay down. Look, I'm with you. Um, I I do like a lot of the modern, um, a lot of the modern last man standing matches. When they get up, they're not up. Like one one like one of the great um, moments in, in the show and in, in that match was um, when. Uh, Roman did something to Kevin on the right before they had the handcuff spot. He hit Kevin with a spear or a Superman punch or something, and Kevin was down. And instead of counting to 10, Kevin just rolled off the stage and ended up standing up. Like stuff like that, I think is really cool, clever moments because you could tell he wasn't going to stand up anyway, anyway, but he just got lucky. And I like mm-hmm. those little moments because I think those are really smart and clever because of the points you just mentioned. Um, and there were great spots. Like the forklift spot was a great spot, um, especially when you, if you look back, you see him kiss his, his um, the tattoos on his on his mm-hmm. fingers. Mm-hmm. Like that was like that was a really good spot. Um, of course, running him over with the fucking golf cart will forever be. In, that's going down in history. That's a great spot. Um, but it, I think it was a good match. Yes, yes. Keep like call it what it is. The end of the match was pretty bad because Heyman couldn't get unlocked the handcuffs. And Although it, it, I happened. Give, it happened. I do give them so much credit for this for the seconds before that when oh, Roman the ref- grabs the referee and knocks him the fuck out. Yeah. Like that's, that's that all was brilliant. That yeah. was brilliant. If I could rebook it in hindsight, knowing what we know. I would not have him actually fully handcuffed. 
to the yeah. other part. Because nobody would be able to tell anyway. Exactly. Nobody's going to be able to know. You can sell it as you're handcuffed. And then Paul comes out with the key and like, ooh, do 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 Oh, I'm not handcuffed anymore. So that's the easiest way. The other easy way is don't send the ref out until he's unhandcuffed. Yeah. Either one of those is fine. He's knocked this other referee out. It's, it's whatever. We're scrambling to find a replacement ref. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Officials, so, but, are, and that like, and that almost makes up for how long it's taking Heyman. You know, you have have your commentators come on, have Cole and uh, Graves come on talking about folks. We apologize. The Adam Adam Pierce is in the back, furiously looking for a backup official. I'm glad you mentioned that because one of uh, an underrated part of the show and a lot of things happening is. You know, uh, Vince McMahon's brother, Rod, recently died. And Vince hasn't physically been at the shows for a couple of weeks. This is oh now my he's still God, the continuity when he's gone. Hilarious, right? Now, I, I spoke about this in Potter's War because it's he's still booking the show. It's hilarious, but it makes full sense because here's the thing. The problem has never even been so much that he books the show. The problem is that Vince is a fucking crazy person. And he makes so many changes to the script. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's the real difference. Is old man Vince is not here for a week, two weeks, three weeks. So for three weeks, the script that we wrote on Monday is the same show that we're gonna shoot on Friday. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's it's just there's no rewrites. It's whatever they thought of is gonna go. But moments like what happened with that match and sending the ref out are the things that Vince would not have done. So, you know, it's what it is um, in, bo- in both regards. Um, yeah, I don't know how long it's been out. I don't, th- I don't think it's been, but maybe a week. But um, you can always tell the difference when Vince isn't there. Um, so I want to, I want to kind of, take a turn and speak a little more specifically about the men's rumble and edge winning in, in, in general. Okay. Um, you know, when edge, when we had the, that, when we randomly had that edge promo on raw before the Royal rumble, I feel like a lot of people instantly were like, Oh shit. Well, Edge is probably going to win this thing. Cause you know, I have been gung-ho Daniel Bryan the entire time. Um, and to Bryan's credit, he lasted a very long time. Um, edge, and Orton were named as one and two on WWE backstage. That was kind of the big hook of the show. But initially, Randy Orton was number one, and Edge was number two. The night of the show, they announced Edge is number one, and that's when I think we all should have realized, oh, Edge is probably going to go all the way. But I want to get your opinion on something that's been really controversial in in the wrestle the wrestle space or the wrestle sphere. Holla at me. I think I don't think there's any I don't think there's any wrestling fan that doesn't either respect Edge like or like Edge, right? I don't I don't think there's and there's not, there's a very small portion of anybody, especially given what he's gone through. But there is a growing rhetoric of Edge is a part timer, Edge is an old guy. We're speak we're looking at people's ages again, and that even though Edge is back and we're happy he's back, there's another part timer in the main event of WrestleMania. I feel that. Every situation deserves nuance. How do you feel about Edge being 
winning the Rumble and being in a main event of WrestleMania? Well, so for me, you know, and for our show, I have to be consistent. I have to be consistent. We, as a show, establish that that is one of our top priorities, is consistency. Mm-hmm. What do I say every week about people who are around during the Attitude Era? Oh, stop wrestling. Enjoy your life. And, and here's the thing. You know, in so many ways, Edge is the perfect person for us to have this discussion about because in so many ways, I'm here for it. Because yeah. Edge is a little bit different in terms of he was a baby during the Attitude Era. So, like, that matters. He's only sure. in his mid-40s now. He's not literally about to collect Medicare. Like, Sting Fact. will be on Medicare in a couple of years. Ric Flair already on the Medicare. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's, that's a little bit different, number one. Number two, a huge difference with Edge that plays into it for me is Edge was forced into an early retirement due to injury and didn't get to compete for almost a decade. Yes. And so, number one, that breeds space, which provides a little bit more openness to you being back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming back full-time, he claims. Um, and so, like, that matters as well. But, like, you know, just from the sake, just for the sake of, like, consistency, if I had my perfect world druthers, I would say, Edge, go back to Asheville, man, and, like, take care of the kids so Beth can do commentary. Um... Like, in a perfect world, but, like, I'm also not going to lie and tell you that I absolutely hate everything about it because I like Edge, and I don't mind seeing him right now in light of the circumstances. So so there, there are two thoughts, two kind of po- thoughts that I have about the situation. Number one, if you look at it in the scope of the Rumble, it is a bit of a joke to me that people have convinced themselves that the Royal Rumble was always be- built or meant to build stars. It was not. It got lucky in that it built some stars. But look at how Steve Austin won three times in a span of five years. Shawn Michaels won twice in a span of four years. Like this doesn't, it, they're not, it's not built, it's not built to build stars all the time. Now, yes, every now and then you do get a Batista in 2005, I believe it was, right? You know, you do get, yep. sometimes you do strike when the iron is hot but by and large it's normally an established star that wins this thing to build to the story of wrestlemania so that's a misnomer i believe and if if you want or if anybody listening wants i'll be glad to break it down year by year but more specifically with edge i think you did a wonderful job of expressing the nuance of his situation if edge had his druthers like that word druthers that's druthers is is in the same wavelength with teat I think if he had his druthers, he would not have retired when he retired. After WrestleMania 27, he would have continued to wrestle at least another five years, I believe, if he had his druthers. So that tells me he wasn't ready to walk away from the business. Henceforth, him coming back now, given another, I mean, his neck was so bad that, like, literally, if he took a bump, not a bad bump, a bump there was a chance he'd be, he'd be paralyzed, right? So to see him now, I think, is an amazing accomplishment in its own right. 
And I don't begrudge a man who lost his career, much like we did with Daniel Bryan, to want to relive his career. Now that is massively different than Undertaker, who keep coming back for a check. Or Triple H, who keep coming back because the company needs him to fill a role, right? That's different than these guys. Or Sting, who keeps coming back because he can't let go that WCW and TNA was 20 years ago. It's different. You know what I mean? So I'm fine with Edge winning, and I'm even fine with Edge winning this Rumble, only because in this Rumble, when the man returned in Houston last year, I was there. One of the greatest moments of my wrestling life. Had a great Rumble. Had a fun match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Had a fantastic match at Backlash and Torres Triceps. A guy who was waiting nine years to come back wrestled three matches. So now, the story always was, when he retired, he, his last match was defending the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. So what do you think he'd want to do? Win the, wrestle, win the World Championship back again at WrestleMania. That story almost had to be told. Now, once this is over, I'm not advocating that he's in the championship picture again. I think he gets his one moment in the sun because he deserves that. And then I think we're done with it. Now, if, if Edge ends up being a three-time, he wins three more championships in this run he has, then I'll sit here and I'll be right there with you. That's too much. That's, that's not the role he needs to hold. But I think this run, and either he goes after the Tribal Chief or Drew, is earned and welcome, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to, it just comes back to him being away for a long time. And that, you know, that gives a lot more room to breathe as a fan, you know? Can I jump in? Can I jump in? Because I, I don't, I don't want it to, I don't want to make it just about how long he's been gone. Because it's not just, that's important. But it's not just how long he's been gone. It's why he was gone. Goldberg was gone for a long time. But Goldberg wasn't gone because he couldn't wrestle. He was gone because he didn't want to wrestle no more. So I think it's important to know why he was gone, too. I didn't mean to jump in there. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, it is, that is important nuance to bring to the discussion. Um, he was gone because he was forced out due to injury. Yeah. And, like, that definitely matters. Um, but like, also, he's not dis like he's not geriatric and blown and terrible. You know, part of our concern with Sting is motherfucker is washed, washed because he old, old. He's not even medically cleared to wrestle. That's why they're doing cinematic matches. Yeah, and so it's just like. Dude, I'm worried that you're going to, like, bend over wrong during the cinematic match and, like, Hook is going to break you. I do want to see Hook toss the shit out of him, though. That would oh like, my pop me God. I don't know why, and I don't know what it is about him, but I'm just such a massive mark for Hook. Yeah, me too. But, like, but I think both of us were massive Taz fans back in the day, too. Yes. That's probably part yes. of it. Yes, it probably is. And it's funny because Taz is like borderline insufferable now. Um, oh, yeah, he's been that way for a while. Yes, yes, 100%. But he's old. Yeah, that's true. And, that's true. And the same things that kind of, the same things that I think pushed him to be great when he was young are the same things that's pushing him to be insufferable now because he never grew out of that. Mm-hmm. 
he reached, he had too much success under that. Being, doing that and being what it was made him lots of Vince McMahon money. Because the other thing about Taz, because the other thing about Taz is homie was smart. He jumped off that Heyman ship as soon as he saw it sinking and he went right into the safe waters of Vince McMahon checks. And then as soon... I lost you. Yeah, go ahead. No, I said he, as soon as the ship was sinking, he abandoned it and he ran right into them safe waters of the Vince McMahon checks. And he cashed them checks right through when his body gave out on him and it was like, can't take bumps no more. And they were like, we're going to put you on commentary with Cole on SmackDown. Yeah, man. Hey, keep getting them checks. Checks. It's, then please, we want y'all to go get this McMahon money because they're not earning it in we're very favorable ways. We're here for all of y'all getting all of these evil people's money because all of them are bad. Take that, take that con blood money. Take that Sinclair blood money. Take that McMahon blood money. If one of these motherfuckers offers you some of their blood money, take it from them so they don't have it anymore. That should be a PSA we should put somewhere in the show. Um, one more thing about the Edge thing before we move on from it, because I want to talk about Bianca next. But one more thing. Have you seen this bullshit about people bitching about people's ages? Have you, I mean, have you seen that? I've seen it. I've seen it. It don't surprise me because, I mean, you know, like, boomers are the fucking worst. So, like, I ain't ever going to sit here and stand up for the boomer. But um, I think it's more... I don't know. I think it's just more symptomatic of social media gives people a platform and they are deluded enough to think that that platform means that like everybody cares what the fuck they think. Yeah. Um, and also a little bit of like the, the age thing is a misplaced anger about a different issue the issue isn't about age of the wrestler themselves the issue is about this idea of creating new stars their actual complaint isn't that edge is 47 years old because like i don't know if they realize this or not a lot of people don't bianca's in her 30s already is she that old yeah i'm pretty sure bianca's 31 I want to say she's around my age. Hold on. 31. God damn. Yeah, she was born yeah. a year after me. Good point. Yeah. Well, but, well to, 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 even a better example is Damian Priest just debuted a wonderful debut. And he's like he's 38. He's 38, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, no, so, like, these people, these people's issue isn't that edge is old their issue is actually just that edge isn't a new star and they're mi- so like here's their misplaced anger slash concern their concern is well 10 years from now when we can't have edge in wrestlemania and we can't have <laughs> randy orton in wrestlemania and we can't yep. have all these people in wrestlemania because they're too old to do it anymore who's going to be in wrestlemania well Joe well, Ziggler gonna yeah. come back and play the vendor with a rumble. Yeah. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're right. He fucking probably will. But guess what? When Dolph Ziggler's ass is 50 years old and hasn't been on your TV for 10 years, your old ass will be right the fuck there. Oh, yeah, I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. You want the blue shake and everything. That'd be happy. You're right. Facts. I'm, but see, you journalism even when you don't plan on journalism. Because I wanted to talk about Bianca Belair, but I really wanted to speak about the about new stars. So we're going to speak about Bianca in general, but we've already mentioned new stars. So I wrote some stuff down. I want to read it to you real quick. Because um, that's been a lot of the rhetoric online right now. Again, it's new stars, and you said it. You eloquated that perfectly. The issue, I don't think, is with the ages, is with the new stars. So what makes a star? I, and I, I came up with five things that I think make a star in professional wrestling. And... You feel free to agree or disagree with me. But my five things are, you have to have been a world champion at some point. I think you have you have to have had major uh, major title matches or major marquee matches at the major shows. I'm going to disagree with your first point because I would say Rowdy Roddy Piper's a star and he was never a world champion. Yeah, but I'm talking about this generation. That's right. a different generation. Roddy, Pop, Roddy Piper literally drew people in the built in the house because they hated they hated him so much. No, that, I just meant like if you're if you're I I didn't realize you meant specifically this generation. I yeah. thought you were just saying in general, and I was just gonna be like, well, I gotta push back on number one because like Roddy oh, yeah. never held the belt and he was a star. Dibiase never held the belt and he was a star. Kurt Henning, Kurt Henning won AWA, but we don't count that. But Kurt Henning, Scott Hall, never officially. Rick, yeah. So you, yeah, I, I feel you on that. But so no, we're just speaking this generation. Um, so we got to be a world champion, or had to have been a world champion. Major championship matches or marquee matches at major shows. I'm talking Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, um, Survivor Series, and I'm counting Money in the Bank because of its prominence. I think um, you've had to have had multiple main events in the main event, which means that like you got to have some last matches on on on, on shows, right? You can't just always be in the middle of the card right i think that matters you have to have have you have to have some form of a mainstream connection or acknowledgement 
outside of the wrestling sphere. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to be like the biggest star in the world. You don't have to be the rock, but by people outside of wrestling have to have some, some group of people of people of wrestling outside, some group of people that are outside of the wrestling sphere have to know about you, I think. And you have to have some evidence of some tangible drawing ability, whether you're moving merch, whether you're getting a lot of views on YouTube, whether your social is crazy, whether you uh, actually do physical draws, whether you get ratings and something like people have to be wanting to watch you. So those are the things that I thought make that make people a star. Because I'm really confused as to why people keep acting like we don't we haven't had stars recently. So I went back since the advent of the WWE Network, February 23rd or 4th, I believe, 2014, the night after Elimination Chamber. And um, I'm going to, I have three people on this list that were already stars before this time period, and I think just became further stars in America, as Daniel Bryan, as AJ Styles, and, and a very small level Shinsuke Nakamura. But ignore them. Just since February 2014, the advent of the WWE Network. These are the stars that, in some way, form, or fashion, fit that list. Okay? Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Jinder Mahal, Kofi Kingston, and I added the entire New Day because in rap circles, Biggie is a superstar. And you know Xavier Woods is one of the biggest people in the world in the video game industry. Yeah, he hosts a show on fucking G4. Boom. Now, that's just the men. For those of the people who like to be sexist, you got Charlotte, you got Becky, you got Sasha, you got Bailey, you got Asuka, you got Alexa Bliss, you have Naomi. People don't want to hear this, but you got Nia Jax, and now you have Bianca. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm counting the New Day as, t- as one entity. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 new stars. Just by my criteria. Since 2014. In seven years. So where is this rhetoric coming that WWE is a building new stars? I mean, so, again, this is... I think a misunderstanding on the fans' part more than anything. And it's just like any other sports analogy, you know? I'll use college sports as a good one. Think about Nebraska football. Remember back in the day when the Cornhuskers, when Big Red was, like, big shit? Frazier was the man back in the day. Like, and, like, that was a powerhouse school, and you always had to look out for fucking Nebraska. When's the last time Nebraska was relevant? I mean, like, Frazier. And that was how many years ago now? What was that, like 94? So we're talking almost 30 years ago. And the people in that program fired Bo Pelini for consistently going 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three. That's, that's fantastic. Every single year he was guaranteed to go 8-4 and four or 9-3, and three, and they ran his ass out of town because 30 years ago, they were relevant. Look at Michigan. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh goes 10-2 and two every year, but he loses to Michigan State and Ohio State every year. But he beats everybody else. You, that's a great point. That's a, can we stop? 
and acknowledge how fantastic of a point that is. It's one of the best points you ever made, actually. I can give you all well, the credit in the world. As, as Bomani Jones says on his podcast all the time, Nick Saban might be the man in Alabama, but let Alabama go 9-3 and three in consecutive seasons. And see how quickly Nick is on the hot seat. Nick, uh, Nick Saban is now trying to go back to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I bring that up to, again, go back to what are today's fans obsessed with, Rance? The Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era. When WCW and WWE were drawing 8 million viewers a week and doing 5.0s and 6.0s and the ratings every week and um, The Rock and Austin and Mankind are on Saturday Night Live and... Austin 316 shirts are everywhere and WWE is like literally just a household entity and it's not quite like that anymore. I'm glad you mentioned that because I have a tweet that that talks about that. Um God, where is it? Where did I put it? Well, Keep while, talking, I'm fine. Well, while you're looking up your tweet, my whole point behind this is more so so like the issue with the why aren't they creating new stars thing is more so you're not mad that they're not creating stars. You're mad that wrestling's not as big as it used to be. And because these stars aren't drawing the numbers that we drew 30 years ago during the literal greatest period in the history of the industry, you're just assuming that all these new people are not as good and they're trash and nobody's a star. Oh, and also because they're not pushing the people that you want. Well, that's number one. That's number one. Keep going, though. Keep going. Keep, keep you cooking with grease right now, and I, I like it. Keep going. Yeah, so you kind of you kind of you kinda making my dick hard a little bit. Like I like this. Well, shit. so like so people just they bitch and they moan and they say, well, there's no new stars and what's going to happen thirty years from now and blah 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 blah. The same shit that used to happen. All right, twenty years ago, fucking The Rock retired and Austin retired, and what happened? Ruthless aggression, and it created some of the greatest shit. That has ever happened. Yeah, eventually these people are going to get old. They're going to move on. They're going to retire. Um, the older guys that are coming back won't be able to come back anymore. Uh, that shit has happened before. Well, what will happen? New people will crop the fuck up. Because I said, this a couple of, I said this a couple of episodes ago and I stand by it. A guy like Hangman Page might stay in AEW for 10 years and be perfectly happy for all 10 of those years be a multi-time world champion do everything that he wants to do and then he's going to be like all right y'all i love y'all but i've done literally everything and i have nothing else and they're going to throw me a shit ton of fucking money to not work house shows and to do five dates a year max so um we're talking about building stars and you brought up their wrestling fans obsession with an, an antiquated time. We're going to speak more about the Bad Bunny situation later, but this shout out to the homie New Jersey Nick on Twitter at New Jersey Nick. I want to read this is a long thread, but it's long because it's a parody thread, but it, you'll get what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and this is wrestling fans, basically what they say, right? Well, WWE should be more in touch with pop culture. I mean, like having Gronk and the NFL involved? Nope. Oh, like right. having Bad Bunny on? No, not him. Like how R-Truth has shared the title with a ton of celebrities? No, not him. What about Sasha Banks in the Star Wars? 
No, like Fred Durst in the 90s. Like when the Bella Twins had a TV show and went on the cover of People magazine. No, that's stupid. What about when they invite famous boxers like Tyson Fury? Boxing sucks. What about famous MMA fighters like Ronda Rousey and Cain Velasquez? No, they're still in the spot. I mean like John, how John Cena's getting an HBO show. No, he's selling out. What about their crossovers with video games like Rocket League or World of Warships? I only play Madden. WWE shows are, shows are always in the Nielsen top 10 for social media engagement, though. That's not the demos. So what about Roman Reigns being in the Fast and the Furious? No one cheered for him in the, cheered for him in the theater. What about the Kevin Hart movie he was in? That was only on Netflix. What about Lacey Evans being on commercials? Well, corn dogs don't count. What about Xavier Woods' successful YouTube channel and, spot on, and his spot on G4? But he's not allowed on Twitch, though. What about the New Day being added to Gears of War? That's only on Xbox. What about the various wrestlers being involved in the Mortal Kombat 11 release? Cosplaying is stupid. There's always an excuse. So everything that you said, every reasonable thought, I listed 19 people. You could add more that you would think is that you would think are stars, right? I would throw Sami Zayn in there, but he's never won a championship because Sami Zayn is one of the best humanitarians in the say, business. Sammy is too busy. Sammy is too busy, literally trying to save the people of Syria by himself. Right. So there's so many people Yo, that you could have. By the add. way, y'all, donate your money to Sammy's Syrian clinic. I am a monthly donor. It is the best five dollars a month that I spend, and you will help a lot of fucking people. If you remind me by the end of the show, I'll get the website that they can go to. Remind me. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's 19 people. But to your point, there's always an excuse. Well, it's not my guy or what well, they didn't win. Shout out to the homie Chad. His big point of contention, and I'm not calling him out on a negative standpoint, is that 364 days out of the year, they mattered. But WrestleMania, they wouldn't. That's another point of contention. But there's always an excuse that doesn't allow people to accept that these people are stars. Biggie's got a song by Wale. Biggie is a major force in hip-hop. MVP is too, by the way, because MVP, they, Wale, West Side Gun, and I can't remember the other guy, um, um, did did a song called The Hurt Business, about The Hurt Business, and brought MVP on, on the remix. So, like, and these guys are wrestling fans, yes, but they're also multi-million dollar platinum artists. And we're going to talk about again about Bad Bunny later. But this wasn't, I know I'm, I'm, I'm moving to the pop culture conversation too early. I'm just speaking about stars. But I just don't understand why in the same breath, these people can be stars. You know, Kevin Owens can main event. In fact, I wrote this shit. I think Kevin Owens has main evented 13 pay-per-views. Like I got a list. It's on my universal champion. I I have the list. I'll I'll pull it up. But I got I got a list of all that shit down because I was gonna write a column about this. But then you're gonna tell me in the same breath that because Jungle Boy, because people do the oh oh, oh, oh," when he comes out, he's a star. So that's why what you said. I don't utilize asset, and I have maintained this. Like I'm not saying he's a star. That's not what I'm saying. You and I. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah yesterday yeah. jungle boy is an underutilized asset i know he does not want to use his dad's name to make himself a star like i know he doesn't want that what i'm saying is by being a perry he has so many fucking hollywood connections yeah so many Absolutely. his phone is just full of opportunities for crossovers and promotions with shit 
Oh, my dad did a show with so-and-so. Oh, yeah, my dad's my dad knows the people from the CW. I could get us a deal with them. Yeah, facts. And but he doesn't, and I respect that, but he could if he wanted to. Much like Cody not wanting to leave Stardust because of the Rhodes uh connection. Yeah, I I respect anybody that wants to make their own name. But I'm I'm just talking about fans' idea of stars. Because if you ask the AEW fans, they are building stars. But then if you say, well, what about what about Alexa Bliss? Oh no, she's not a star. I can't believe that Oscar would run from Alexa Bliss. It's a fucking wrestling show. So I just don't understand. Bowling for Soup made a song called Alexa Bliss. What are we talking about? Well, and, Alexa Bliss and, is married to Ryan Cabrera. Well, and I mean, you can't believe Oscar would run from Alexa. Like, y'all, Kane made literal fire come out of the ring posts. The Undertaker commanded lightning. Like, Sue Young is an undead bride. That's more. Now she's Susan, but she was an undead bride. That's more relevant because I know the the response would have been, but Kyle, Kane, and the Undertaker are scary and big. Rosemary is the demon assassin. Yeah. Um, What's her name? What's her name? The woman that AEW's got. um, Abaddon. Yes, her red contact lens makes me physically uncomfortable. Like, I give her all the credit in the world in terms of that look is fucking unique as shit, and she's good at that jo- um, at the job she's got, but, like, it's, it makes me physically uncomfortable. I'm with you, brother. So I just, I just, it drives me crazy about the whole star talk because it's not that, WWE isn't allowing them to be stars. And I look, I, I'm with you. There's way too much 50-50 booking. Um, they don't allow these guys to be as mainstream as they as they could be. There's a whole lot of handcuffs from the WWE's perspective. But from the fan perspective, the biggest issue that these guys aren't fans is because you guys won't allow them to acknowledge them to be fans. How long do we have to fight the fact that fucking Roman Reigns was a star? Mm-hmm. It took us eight years. He had to literally get cancer for y'all to acknowledge he was good at his job. But you're going to sit here and tell me that Jungle Boy is a fan, is a star? Like, you can miss me with that. 19 people. And, and those are just since 2004. You know who's not on the list? The Miz. He's a star. Daniel Bryan, I mentioned him, but Daniel Bryan, the yes chant is now the number one used chant in, in, in sports. Crowds, yeah, and they uh, they don't attribute that to Diego Sanchez because nobody really knows that Diego Sanchez started it. They attribute it to Daniel Bryan, but WWE's not making stars. What do you want? Are they not making stars because they they haven't main evented seventeen WrestleManias? You know who has? You know who has has main evented multiple WrestleManias? The Rock, Steve Austin, John Cena, and Roman fucking and, and Hulk Hogan. That's about it, dog. That's really about it. I'll give you Taker and Sean because they had the match that wasn't for the championship. Mm-hmm. People don't, they don't do that. It's not yeah. a normal thing. Well, no, but again, again, still, the point is, the point remains. They, their beef is what we said it was before. Their beef is that wrestling's not the hot shit in the streets anymore. And so any star that doesn't make wrestling the hot shit in the streets is just not a real star to them. 
Um, and it's not the star that they wanted. I didn't want that guy. I wanted this guy. Yeah, that you know, that, like nothing pisses me off more professional wrestling than that thought process. Well, this this sucks because it wasn't the guy I wanted. Well, fuck <coughs> you. Fuck you. Because you're killing the business. Because the business will never be good unless it's exactly what you want. And you know what? Only one person got the right to book shit how they want because he owns the fucking company. And it's Vince McMahon. And you know what? Tony Khan got the same power now because he owns AEW. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let me, get off my, let me get off my high horse. That shit's too high. Show some love to Bianca. We, we completely passed by Bianca. Fuck some- yeah, Bianca Belair. You want to talk about a fucking star. Yeah, you heated too, huh? Right? Do you need, I mean, do we need to take a yeah, break? I am heated. I am heated. But like I got time to like wax poetic for a second about Bianca and how like her winning that rumble is so important and fucking representation matters. And not only did she win, she won in like looking relatively fucking dominant the entire time. Like and that speech. She was she number gave, three. She was number three. She lasted the entire fucking match. That speech she gave was so heartwarming. And, like, just how can you not fall in love the second you hear it? Um, And, like, the uh, outpouring of support afterwards on Twitter from her coworkers. And, you know, like, we mentioned her earlier. Big Swole had a tweet about, you know, Bianca winning from the standpoint of, like, representation matters so fucking much. Because not only is Bianca a black woman, like, yeah, Sasha's black too, but... Bianca is a dark-skinned, unapologetically black woman with a gimmick that is black as black can get. And uh, they looked at the numbers, not the numbers, they looked at the history, and with the exception of The Rock, and people always put in question his blackness, which is bullshit in its own right. No, no, people people question his blackness, and that is bullshit, but like, some of that is also on the company because the company chooses to emphasize his Samoanness. Right. They uh, yeah, I was, yeah. Hide his blackness. I will never say that they pretend that he's not, but they choose to only talk about, oh yeah, this is, you know, third generation Samoan superstar, The Rock. They occasionally mention, oh yeah, son of the son of Rocky Johnson. Like. Right, yeah, that's, you, you took it right out of my mouth. I was just going to say that he's more associated with the Samoan culture. But other than The Rock, she's the only other black person to ever win a Royal Rumble. That's huge. That's huge, because there's been like, what, there's been like 40 of them now? Something like that? Mm-hmm. And, and this is the match that consistently puts um, the person in the main event of WrestleMania. So that says a lot about the company that, and The Rock only won one Rumble. He didn't win yeah. multiple. Only won one. Yeah, and the Rumble that he won... Ended up being a fucking fatal four way because that was the McMahon in every corner. Well, Plus keep it a buck. The one that he won, the one that he won, he didn't win because Lost literally, literally, he fell out before Big Show did. And they had to they fix it. it into a story and it was- they had to fix it. Exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, so it's a big deal. And man, like every major black entity. Like shouted her out, complex, variety, variety's not black, but you know what I mean. Um, hot nine seven, like a whole, like all these major people, and like warms my fuck. 
Speaking of that, stop the show. Shout out to Gabby Tuft. Yes. My Lord. She doesn't get a pass that for being she an anti-masker, but she does get a pass for living her authentic best life, and we yes. here at The Outsider's Edge will forever support that. Yes. I love the fact that she has the strength enough to be who she really is. All love to her. Wear a fucking mask, but that's another conversation. Yes. But, um, back to Bianca. Representation matters because I got a little, I got black daughters. I'm sure that, like, they see Sasha, and again, you're perfect, but like, my youngest daughter is dark. So she well, can't colorism, be, I think she can be. Well, and colorism is such a huge thing even within the black community because of racism is so deeply embedded in our society. Yep. Subconsciously. We don't even know it. Even in black people, we don't even know it. We black people subconsciously treat lighter people better than we do darker people. We don't realize we're doing it, but it happens. Colorism is a thing. But and you I love that you said unapologetically black, and I don't want to make this the blackity blackity black conversation. But if you've watched her chronicle, she spoke and waxed poetic, like you said, about how it is not lost on her that people are looking at her and are living vicariously through her and, and because of who she is. And it's not lost on her that she has to continue to be unapologetically her and unapologetically, and Naomi's, Naomi's the same way, unapologetically like hold her culture up and at a place where people can see it. One of the greatest wrestling um, outfits I've ever seen in my life was at TakeOver Portland when Bianca fought Rhea and it was in February and she came out as the fucking, with the Egyptian shit, with the Black, with the black History Month shit. What and makes she had, it so great is she makes her own gear. Makes her own gear. But it was beautiful. And she had the oh. rings around her neck like what well, like her the tribes in Africa. Doing, her and Tez are doing cosplay for Black History Month. Uh, every day. Every day. And every they day. do uh, they do a different cosplay and they do a big blurb about who the people were and like what their role was in black history. It's really it's been really cool. And if we if, if we're gonna not speak about the non wrestling factors, in the wrestling factors, she's next up anyway. Oh, for sure. She was for ready her. anyway. She was oh. next up. She, um, she was she was so ready that like from her very first rumble, people who don't watch NXT were just like, "Ah, oh, fuck, Vince has seen her. It's over now. It's done." <laughs> and that's one of those. It's one of those acts. Like the second you see the entrance, the first yes. time with when she comes out and she's twirling her hair and she does the spin, at, like and then she starts skipping to the ring, twirling her hair like jumping jacks, like. I love seeing those little jump jack double dutch. I always think double dutch, which is yeah. another thing, you know. Yeah, in the culture. Yeah. I love seeing those clips when wrestlers come back from Gorilla, go back to the Gorilla and, you know, wrestling um lore and history is you thank after you come back, you shake the hand of the person you worked with, you shake the hand of the people in the back, thank them for the opportunity, keep it moving. And she goes to Vince and like you could see like the, I'm not gonna say the love because I, I think he cares about her clearly, but you can see like he was like you're you are it like you you are ready you are it like keep working because I know what I have in you and ladies and gentlemen and those in between WrestleMania she's gonna be I'm not main event in WrestleMania doesn't mean last match but she's gonna be in the main event of WrestleMania big shit 
Like, I mean, you know, again, we say, I said from the entrance, but like, again, like her entrance for Mania, or for Mania, her entrance for this rumble, she comes out, she's got the jacket, she does the twirl, and then this girl rips her earrings out as she's running to the ring. She had them big ass hoops in, and I'm just like, if that ain't half my students running down the damn halls to a fight, I don't know. Goddamn right. Like, I see that like three times a day in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, so shout out to Bianca. I just want to, um, Give some love to her. Um, the historical significance of these rumbles, where do you think they stand? Where do you think? I, it's hard to say for the women because there's only been three. Um, I think this is probably the best women's rumble we've had. But again, practice. I think they're all, I was going to say, practice. You know, think about the men's rumbles history. The third one, wasn't the third one the 93 rumble? And like it was. 92. Yeah. 90, yeah. So like by then they're finally hitting their stride and figuring out how this shit works. Yeah, and um, having Ric Flair at his prime in the ring helped. Well, and in the case of the women's division, like, they've now finally built, like, I think what was really great about this women's Rumble is it shows just how fucking deep the women's roster is. My God. They only had, two, they only had three NXT people, and the only reason they even had to have that many is because they had to have Santana come in at the last fucking second because Mia got to COVID. Now, let me say this for the record. Santana's not NXT no more. Santana's been caught up to the main roster for months. She just hasn't debuted. Well, but, I mean, but I you're right. She wouldn't have been in that rumble. I give Santana lots of props because I love that elimination. Yeah. Like, I, she did the splits and it's like, fuck yeah. And then she got super kicked right in the mush. And it was just like, yes, this is great. And again, furthering, furthering what I just said, Rhea Ripley, which you would consider NXT, is actually called up too. No, no, Rhea Ripley's, yeah. like, I knew um, that. What uh, I loved was that only, I think, two? Um, no, three. Tori wasn't. Yeah, only three legends, three legends were in the Rumble. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. They had three legends. They had two, maybe three NXT people. Yeah, and then all main roster. And then the rest of that is the entirety of the main roster. And it just shows how fucking deep the main roster is. It shows how much a lot of the women have improved. Like, I give Dana Brooke a lot of credit for how much she has improved. I give Mandy Rose a lot of credit. Like, I'm not saying they're great. I just don't see it with Dana. And I, that's just a, that's a ranch thing. I, I give, I, clearly, she is not as trash as she was when she started. I was going to say, that's, that's improvement, brother. That's improvement. Right. But, and, and this is no diss towards Dana, but I just have never seen it with her. And I people keep saying she's so improved. The only thing she's done differently is she does a fucking swanton. So, like, show me the improvement and I'll say she's improved. I'm not, this ain't just towards you or her. It's just a funny thing for me because, like, I don't hate her. Like, I don't hate her like I hate Natty. And even then, I acknowledge Natty's one of the best ever. But I just, I just don't see the improvement with her. But shout out to her anyway. But, like, yeah, so many of them have improved. And, I mean, there are women. And then I thought about the women that weren't in the Rumble that could have been or, you know, for whatever. You know, like, Mia had COVID. Sonia is just now, like, working her way back after dealing with all of that crazy shit. He um, had a baby. Yeah, Becky had a baby. So, like, there's Oscar, so many. Sasha are the world champions. Yeah, so, like all these people that weren't in the match and the division is still that deep. And so it's just like, damn, they got so many fucking women. They and the big, and the best division is in NXT. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing is it's just like, man, they only called up a couple of these NXT women, but like you could have had Tegan come back up for this one. You could have had Candice up there. Mercedes come back. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's stacked. Yeah, you're right. Raquel Gonzalez, is, I'm shocked they didn't bring her. 
Because yeah. um, Vince then, didn't fall in love with her. And then into the men's rumble to just transition over to the men's rumble. It was an okay men's rumble. Um, the middle needs some work. But really, the importance of this men's rumble wasn't even so much about Edge. The importance of this men's rumble was establishing Damian Priest as the next Latin star of the WWE. You said that to me the other day, and speak to the people about that. So, because we are moving to the Bad Bunny conversation next. So, it's, again, it's journalisming even when you don't know your journalisming. So, Damian Priest, for those of our fans who don't know, Damian Priest is Puerto Rican. He is fully bilingual. He's Puerto Rican. Um, the former punishment Martinez. Uh, so, like, you know, just not, not making that part of his heritage up in any way, shape, or form. But, like, he is the conduit of the entire Bad Bunny thing. And he is why the Bad Bunny thing is brilliance. Yes. For years, since Rey Mysterio retired, or not retired, but moved on from the company, and since Eddie's death. He got old. Yeah. For years since Rey got old and Eddie died, they have been searching for the new Latino superstar. They wanted it to be Alberto El Asshole. And him as el asshole. They wanted it to be um, Sin Cara and him as no ready. Um, they Even who? Even your favorite wrestler? Uh, oh yeah, Dominic. Yeah, no. So like they have continuously been searching for this Latin star. Well, then they worked this deal out with Bad Bunny for Bad Bunny to perform at the Royal Rumble. Well, Bad Bunny is the biggest name in reggaeton right now. And, like, one of the biggest names in all of music. Bad Bunny has 40 million Instagram followers. Bad Bunny has 11 million Twitter followers. Bad Bunny has over a billion views on YouTube. And has the most played song of 2020 on Spotify. And several of the top well, 10. He's um, the most played artist of 2020 in general. And um, he is the first artist ever to have a, an album made entirely in Spanish, number one on the Billboard 100 chart. That's huge. First person to a, ever make a, an album entirely in Spanish get number one on the Billboard Hot 100. A lot of the greatest uh, artists of our generation don't even have an English-speaking album that hit number one on Billboard. Yeah, so um, he's a huge fucking deal, and he's a wrestling fan. He makes references to wrestling in lots of his songs. And he, is, he stays wearing wrestling gear in a lot of his music videos. He's in Eddie Guerrero shirts all the fucking time. And so, like, he's a legitimate fan of the sport. They work out this deal. They get him to come, and he performs his new hit song, Booker T, on um, the Rumble. Royal Rumble. And then... He gets into this spat with The Miz and John Morrison. Further genius. Because where did John Morrison go to make a name for himself after he left the WWE and he decided to start wrestling again? Where did John Morrison establish himself as a household name, Brother Rance? Little John DeGrand and Triple A. Yeah. Johnny Mundo, El Fin de Mundo, um, Worldwide Underground. He was a big fucking lucha star. He was a huge fucking AAA star. So that's, yet again, using someone that a Spanish-speaking audience is probably at least a little bit familiar with, has maybe seen before, 
And they're using the Miz, who's their go-to Hollywood person. Mainstream um, relevance. Mainstream yeah, relevance. Mainstream relevance has his own reality show again. Um, blah, 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 blah. And so they get into it with Bad Bunny. So then the inevitable time comes in the Rumble. So Damian Priest helps Bad Bunny do the flying crossbody on the Miz and Morrison at the Rumble. Then after, the next- after he eliminated Miz and Morrison doubly himself. Yes. Then the next night, as they're showing Bad Bunny is still there, they zoom out and they have Damian Priest having a whole conversation in Espanol con Bad Bunny. And so now, all of a sudden, this man who all of the Latin audience knows is a huge fucking deal is now talking to this other dude. Who is this guy? He's Puerto Rican. He's a wrestler. He's six foot eight. He's a fucking badass. Look at this dude. He's also hot. Like, done. Made. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he even got the he even got the Undertaker John Cena handshake when Edge walked back and was like, hey, you, you're pretty good in the handshake. Yeah. Like he was made. Yeah. They yeah. they spent all of this time. And if this, even if this is just to lead to like a tag like spot or a manager spot where like Bad Bunny escorts Priest to the ring to beat Miz's ass at the WrestleMania or some shit, like worth it. I think so. It will make you a new star in a demographic that you have been trying to find the secret sauce for for years. By the way, you bring that up and it's interesting to me because they've had Because that- they've already got it. It's Bailey. She there. Because again, we're at the chair shot, use your fucking head. She's been there since 20 whatever. Right the fuck there. Um and I'm pretty so- sure and I'm pretty sure she grew up in I'm pretty sure growing up her mom mostly spoke Spanish at home because I have heard her mama speak English before. Oh, she's she's from the Bay Area. So she's from South she's from that's north. I know. No, San Jose. Say, Bay is North California. Yeah, but San Jose is the furthest of the Bay. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. mean, like, I'm pretty sure she grew up in a bilingual household. So, like... No, right. I'm saying the area of the world she's from, very strong with Hispanic descent. Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, let's talk about the controversy about Bad Bunny. There shouldn't be any. This is stupid. And I'm really fucking tired of talking about this, but I'm tired of this it is the of- show. Fucking racist dog whistling all over a fucking kid. Jesus, why do white people gotta ruin everything? I don't know. I that I don't have an answer. Over here, we're over here having a good fucking time. We got a Grammy winning platinum artist gonna perform on the show. It's really fucking cool. This is cultural relevance and representation matters. And Bad Bunny is an awesome person to have as a representative because Bad Bunny is also like super active in like LGBT issues and shit. Yes. Like this is a great fucking ally for your brand. And here we are, white people with who is this? I ain't ever heard of him. Why should I care? What is this? Get this off my screen. So I, I wrote a few things down, and I, I want to read it, and you tell me if you agree with me or not. Because a lot of the rhetoric was, as you as you said, people are completely not acknowledging back, but uh, are questioning why he was there, 
or people keep doing the one thing that drives me crazy. Well, who is Bad Bunny? Bitch, Google. 30 seconds. But this is what I wrote. The issue isn't the curiosity of who someone is, particularly Bad Bunny. The issue is the refusal to acknowledge that person's relevance in that medium. Also, it's not WWE's job to prove Bad Bunny's worthiness of why he's there. It's the fan's job to acknowledge who he is and understand. So what I'm saying is, or what I'm, my, my point is that, first, if you don't know who he is, it shouldn't even matter if you know who he is or not. Or not. The fact that, he's, that they brought him on to perform a song with the WWE Superstar at the Royal Rumble should tell you that he's important enough to be there, number one. Number two, if you don't know who he is and you're curious, fucking Google him. But ultimately, the issue with this conversation isn't that people are curious about who he is. Because that's dope. Be curious about who he is if you didn't know who he was. There's plenty of people that I don't know. The issue is people continuing to say, well, who is he? Who is that? I've never heard of him. Is not acknowledging who is not acknowledging his relevance. And that's what bothers me the most. Is that I don't have a problem if you don't know who he is. Go find him out. And I don't know why you need to make it so known to people and make such a big deal that, well, I don't know who he is. But you know, when Florida Georgia Line does another fucking song for WWE, you know, we got an issue with it. We talked about it on the edge a few weeks ago, but the first thing people said when the new Raw theme song came out was, it's trash because it's a rap song. But they want that, we're going back to Zion! But they love that, though. Yes, a lot of it is so much dog whistle. Well, because the implication the implication is that like it's only good if it's their shit. Like that's the that goes back to the classic problem with wrestling fans. It's only good if it's their shit. And their shit is inherently like a particular brand of stuff. But what you're right, what's so infuriating about it is it takes five seconds to find out what it is. And like if it's not for you, big fucking deal. Because any idiot should be able to see how much money this is going to make them. And so, like, all you're doing is being a fucking hater. And the other issue is you're, like, I've never seen such a rush to call attention to your own cluelessness. Because, oh, I don't know what Koi is? Yeah. Yeah, because what you think you're saying, here's what you think you're saying. You think you're saying oh, well, this person can't possibly be that big a deal because I've never heard of them. Here's what you're actually saying. I'm so fucking out of the loop and so fucking irrelevant that I've never heard of this incredibly important person that other people have heard of, and therefore I need to shit on it. Pretty much. I think that's spot on. And look, don't... Please miss... Do not misinterpret this conversation by or use this by saying, but he's a he's a Latin artist. What do I know about Latin music? Fuck that. He's on TV every day. That commercial with Snoop Dogg, where he calls he's calling the guy on the shelf phone, that's Bad Bunny. You see him every day. There's many ways and situations well, which you know that. who he's he is. SNL. He's been uh, the musical guest on SNL. He's been musical guest for, I want to say, like all of the late shows. Oh, multiple times. Like you don't know who he is he, because you are intentionally avoiding him because you're probably the same type of person who thinks, 
um, you're probably the same type of person who thinks, oh, Spanish-speaking music, why can't they come here and speak English? This America. Well, I got news for you, bro. America doesn't have an official language. He has a song that has a billion views on YouTube. Just one song. Billion. Now, again, I am cognizant and understanding of that I, a, a, a good portion of people probably didn't know who he was, and I don't begrudge them for that, because you can't know everything, right? The issue is not not knowing who he was. Let's make that very clear. We are not admonishing people for not knowing who he was in general. We are admonishing people for not acknowledging that he should be there in the first place just because you, even if you don't know him or not. If he was brought in for a fucking reason, he's there for a reason, then he has some relevance of uh, in, in the situation. And, and, and not acknowledging that just because you don't know him says a lot about you as a person. And that is what we're sitting here fucking also, bitching about. It's also an example of another problem that wrestling fans have in addition to their dog. Racism? Well, uh, yes, obviously. But that was, <laughs> I thought that was the problem that we were talking about was racism. No, in addition to the racism, it also brings to light a different problem that wrestling fans have, which is gatekeeping. Oh, speak on it, sir. Speak on it. Wrestling fans are notorious fucking gatekeepers. Oh, you don't know that? You're an idiot. You're clueless. You like this kind of wrestling? Why would you like that? That's lame. This type is the best type. Your type is bad. Like, wrestling fans are such toxic-ass fucking gatekeepers about every fucking thing. And so, as a result, of course they're going to shit on Bad Bunny because wrestling fans still haven't gotten over that rock and wrestling is over. Like, I had a nickel for every tweet that I saw that was, bring back rock and wrestling. Whatever happened to rock and wrestling? Well, what happened is, Rock music ain't hot in the streets anymore. Dave Grohl not trying to come and hang out with the WWE superstars. Bad Bunny is. Like, you do, you don't you don't never you'll never see Steven Tyler out here talking about how much he loved Ric Flair and those guys, but Cardi B sure talking about how Sasha Banks is a girl. Yeah, so like, you know, I hate to be. The bearer, but it's also when I say it's not hot in these streets, I mean like if you look at the tops of the music charts, you've yeah, got rock pop music art, you've got yeah. pop artists, you've got hip hop artists. Then there's a sizable drop into country, which has its like universal lane that it never escapes. Um, and then rock has fallen into the niche. Yeah, which rock is pretty low. Which is part of why wrestling fans are still clinging to rock and wrestling because wrestling is also niche now. I mean, I'd argue wrestling has always been niche, but it's more niche than ever. Um, yeah, man. I like just look. Acceptance is a beautiful thing. We we spoke about Gabby Tuft. Acceptance is a beautiful thing. Don't what you sh- your opinion doesn't matter in every fucking thing, and you got a right to it, but it doesn't fucking matter. Like, just accept the shit that happens. It doesn't affect your life. Bad Bunny being unbreasted, and I love the fact, you you shocked the shit out of me today when you texted me about Bad Bunny got fucking merchandise, and apparently the, there's rumors that he's training at the PC. Yeah, I saw that. Might wrestle. 
Like I like I, I want more Bad Bunny just to fucking you know how they make the joke such and such to own the libs. I want Bad Bunny to wrestle just to own all the fucking gatekeepers and the people bitching about it. Cause I can't wait to see I can't wait to see WWE WrestleMania and Bad Bunny is one of the major marquee matches on the show and their favorite wrestler at the time, I don't know, Daniel Bryan or Seth Rollins or whoever it is, gets pushed down the card because the Bad Bad Bunny got the celebrity spot. Well, you know what? Bad Bunny is going to sell out that arena on his own. Yeah, he don't have to try very hard. In Tampa, no less? He don't have to try very hard. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's, it's been a hell of a week. My God. And we can keep going. There's there's a whole lot of extra shit that's gone on. Um, uh, I had my boy on um, Cheshire Radio with me um, uh, Thursday morning. Hey, uh, Kyle was on with me and Mags. And Clive was on with us from Ricky and Clive. And we spoke about the top five women's storylines. So I want to plug that real quick as we kind of come to an end. Because I think we had some good shit. And... Um, we we spoke about Bianca quite a bit today, and I I I am while I have the little platform I have, I want to continue to prop up the um the relevance and the 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 importance of the women's division and women in wrestling and women in general, and of course you know Women's Month is next month, Black History Month is this month. That's not lost on me. I do want to sh- kind of show some love to Black History Month. Um, we have a wonderful documentary coming out on the APA WWE Untold about Ron Simmons and, and JBL and kind of how they came together. Fantastic. The Untold series is always fantastic. Go look up some great black people in wrestling. Bobo Brazil is a good guy to start with. Um, Big Cat Ernie Ladd is another good guy to start with. Go look up some stuff. Like, it, it's a lot of stuff out there that isn't just important to know your history, but it's going to be interesting, too. You'll enjoy it. Um, you know, and, you know, r- black hit, black wrestling didn't start with Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. It li- was a long around a long time before that um but yeah um we just want to preach acceptance man like just accept shit so much as every every topic in this fucking show we've talked about tonight had to do with the fans bitching about something because they didn't accept it in one way but they accepted it in another way fucking accept it all accept it all now acceptance doesn't mean you have to like everything if i'm honest with you there's a big portion of Bad Bunny's music I don't like. There's a bunch of it I do. But you know what? I accept it all. I judge it by the same, me- I judge it by the same metric that I judge all music, which is, what? do I like the beat that these lyrics are set over? Because, right. like, there are a lot of great singers out there, y'all. There are a lot of great singers out there. But if they're singing over some trash-ass beat that I'm not feeling, I'm going to skip that track. Oh man, hey man, we got a lot. Two hours tonight. Do we yeah. know it's going to be long? Well, I mean, we had to hit it with that good hotness. Well, so I did normally when I hit you up and Carl for the record. Shout out to Carl because he, I know he would have some hot takes on this one tonight. Um, oh yeah, especially our first topic. I'm sure he would have had. Plenty oh boy, but I didn't. I didn't ask you. I'm doing this on air. This so again live live recording. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about tonight? I mean, the thing I wanted to like the thing I wanted to talk about tonight was our first topic. Like, I really wanted to get into 
what that all meant and the bad conclusions that both sides were talking about and jumping to. Um, because it was just another great example of wrestling fans on both sides of an argument that shouldn't exist, jumping to like really terrible conclusions and being overly ridiculous. Um, so I really wanted to talk about that. Um, I'm really looking forward to the SmackDown on Friday and seeing, you know, what they're going to do with Bianca, seeing if Rhea is going to be on SmackDown or if she's going to end up being on Raw and what that all is going to go on. I think they might be maybe going to do Rhea versus Alexa. Uh, they teased that a little bit at the Rumble, and I'd be here for that. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um I'm interested to see what's going to happen with a lot of this dynamite shit and whether or not, you know, these partnerships are going to bear good fruit for the company. Um, but mostly the only other thing I wanted to say is um, if you have particular wrestlers and shit that y'all like and are feeling, buy their merch. Buy the merch. Oh, and yes. shout out. Oh, and here's something yes. like, that I hadn't even considered. Shout out to all of the foreign wrestlers who are struggling right now. Um, I know that there was some like fuck shit that had apparently been said on the wrestling Twitter about like Canadian wrestlers not working hard enough or foreign wrestlers not hustling hard enough right now. And it's like, y'all gotta be cognizant of the fact that like when you're an international wrestler, there is a lot of extra logistical hurdles that you have to jump through in order to be able to wrestle in another country. And so, like, number one, there's the fact that the majority of the shows are set in the United States or elsewhere. Then there's the additional fact of you've got to get a visa sorted. You've got to figure out what the COVID quarantine protocols are and if you're even going to be allowed in that country. Um, you have fewer opportunities to get noticed. So just, you know, be careful not to generalize and disrespect the foreign wrestlers because they're working their asses off on trying to get noticed and trying to do the same things that everybody else is. All right, that's good shit, man. So before we get out of here, um, I, I know there's a couple of things I said I'd get back to. First and foremost, um, I know I mentioned, I told you I, I, I uh, had a list of, we were talking about new stars, of the wrestlers and how many pay-per-views they'd main evented, right? Yep. Roman, and I mean last match of a, of a show. Since 2014, since the advent of the WWE Network, yep. Roman Reigns has, has, Roman Reigns has main evented 28 main events. Seth Rollins has main evented 26. Dan Ambrose, 16. Bray Wyatt, 13. Braun Strowman, 12. Kevin Owens, 12. Drew McIntyre, only five, because uh, it's more recent. Finn Balor, and I'm no, not talking NXT, just main roster, only five. Jinder Mahal, three. And Kofi, three. I didn't do the women yet because, and it's, that's going to be skewed anyway, because you know, a lot of the times historically women haven't main evented. Right. Um, Pay-per-view. But right. I think that's interesting to note because, you know, number one, Roman's so overpushed over by everybody else, but it's only two behind, two ahead of Seth, which furthers the point I've been screaming for about for four years is that Seth is pushed as strong as Roman is, one. Two, 
if these guys ain't stars and all the part-timers the main event in all the shows, then how many why, how, what shows are these guys main event? That's one thing. Um if you have a retort, please, because I want to. I don't have finish a retort. Up. I don't have a retort. The only thing I want to say before we finish up is, y'all, just remember one thing. You know, there's more parody and competition than there's ever been in wrestling, and that's a great thing. But like, one assumption that y'all have to let go is this assumption that if so and so leaves X promotion and goes to Y promotion, it's going to be so much different. Like. Oftentimes it's not because as much as you guys want to make this certain promotion the bad guy, like usually WWE, there's usually also always a reason why a performer is in the position they're in. I I'm Miro. Uh, not even Miro. My exhibit Shit. A is Sean Spears. Oh well, but they but they never pushed Sean Spears. They pushed Miro, <laughs> and then they stopped. Like Sean Spears got. The only reason Sean Spears got a push is because the crowd was so undeniable about the fucking 10 shit, and it was perfect for the Rumble. <laughs> and I was at that Rumble in San Antonio. But that's but he's a good example, too. But, I mean, Miro had his moment, and then his moment passed. And he's a really good wrestler and a cool dude, I think. But he reached his peak, in my opinion, because look at the shit he's doing in AEW. But that's another, another conversation for another show. Well, no, but Another... the shit he's doing in AEW is the point. The point I'm yes, making yes, is, yes. you know, people always say, you know, such as uh, Cesaro is a good example right now because apparently the rumor is his contract is set to expire after WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, oh, should Cesaro go to AEW or blah, 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 blah. And, like, a lot of that is because there's this, like, angst over the fact that he's never been world champion and i'm just over here just like i love cesaro love him but if you just are assuming that if he just goes to aew he'll instantly be a world champion like you mean to tell me he's gonna skip over all these other people in the line there yes <laughs> yes it's asinine we'll talk about that more in another show yeah um i also want to get this in um, go to SammyForSyria.com or text Sammy for Syria to 71777. Right now, there is $100,359.29 raised towards a $112,000 goal. That man is doing fantastic work over there, helping people with these mobile clinics to, in Syria and all this, war, this war-torn area that otherwise wouldn't get any medical help. Yeah, so, it's not just it's not just that the clinics help the victims of the things like the bombings and stuff. Of course they do that, but the clinics are also providing like routine medical care for things like infections and yeah. getting stitches and just little things that people can't do right now because they live in a war-torn country. Um in September 2020 that the mobile clinics treated 144 people a day. That is a lot of people for a mobile clinic in the area in that everybody needs some help. And so, um, I, I, again, I said it before, I'm a donor for the program. Like, it's really cool. They send you the updates all the time to let you know how the clinic is doing and what's going on with it. Like, it is totally worth it. Please, 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 if you are able and, you know, the pandemic hasn't fucked your shit up too much, like, please consider donating to Sammy for Syria and his mobile clinic. Also want to shout out the homie Clive. Go to shonakinsella.com 
um, helped my brother become a house husband. But Shona, his wife, is a fantastic author. Just wanted to shout out there. Love you, Clive. And if you got some money left over, you probably should do this. Do the Sammy shit first. Then come here to com slash the chair shot. Go buy a pro wrestling tees shirt from, from your boys. Of course, our show, hashtag journalism. My brother Kyle journalismed a lot tonight. Um, but yeah, Jesus did the job. Saved tag team wrestling. Um, Baron Corbin sucks, which I don't think he does, but he enjoys that shirt. He's tweeted about it. A lot of shit, right? We had the Corona shirt with the actual Corona. The Corona Chair shot shirt with actual corona bottles before the coronavirus was a thing. So holla at us, Dr. Fauci. Uh yeah, buy some shirts. Holla at your boys. This is this is what helps us continue to make this great content for you. And as Mr. Tony would make me say, we got sports, we got entertainment, we got sports entertainment, chairshot.com, um, chairshot radio every day. I'm on Thursdays. We're in the plugs. I'm still in your job. I'm sorry. I'm so used to doing it the night before. Kyle, go ahead, sir. Well, I mean, just remember, as Brother Rance was saying, you can find all of that on the Chair Shot, and we are on all of the socials at Chair Shot Media. You can find our good missing brother, Carl, on Twitter, at Outsider Curvin. The best can, follow of all three of us, by the way. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter, at Dr. S'mores. You can find Good Brother Rance on Twitter at It's Ray Cash, R-A-Y's and Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. And we didn't talk to Jay White. Thank you for that. I mean, you know, obviously we're going to let that go. Um, <laughs> just going to let it go. I don't mind being worked. I'm cool with it. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. And as always, y'all, just remember, we here at the Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything that we can to try to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with some, you know, uncomfortable truths like wrestling partnerships are really fucking awesome, but they also tend to end really fucking poorly. Somebody got to lose. And other times we're going to hit you with some uncomfortable truths like, just because you ain't heard of them don't mean they ain't a big fucking deal, bruh. Uh, Thank you, bro. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And you got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, I asked Rance's permission, but he swears we still just don't give a fuck. It's Black History Month, so we give a fuck about the black folk. But everybody else, fuck them. Fuck them. Thanks for listening. I'm joking. Before I get in trouble. I'm I'm only kind of joking. For those listening, we love y'all still. Like fuck y'all, but still we love y'all. So yeah, thank you for listening. As my brother said, one more time, say it again. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.